As we continue our Advent series and we look at what it means to walk in peace, um, Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So how are we to walk humbly with our God? Last week, as we began our Advent series, we took a look at what it means as Christians and the church to walk in hope. Bob showed us from the scripture that what we believe about life, the finality of death, and the purpose of suffering determines our hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16-18, through 18, it said, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the, the things that are unseen, For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. He ended with the point that we do not lose heart because we know that there is an eternal glory that awaits us. So how are we able to walk and live out this steadfast hope that only can come through Jesus? The beauty is that Jesus didn't just come to the earth to live among us but he came to live perfectly and die sacrificially to bring the hope and peace that we in this world so desperately need and long for. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8 says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, made peace so that we can walk in hope and peace. That the world would see our hope and peace that can only come from him and glorify God. Today we will look at what it is to walk in in peace, and what it really means to have peace through Jesus Christ. When we think about peace, I think each of us comes with our own slightly different definition of what peace is. Some of us think about tranquility, calm, quiet, rest, solitude. Maybe you think about harmony or freedom from war. We live in a world where peace seems abstract and unattainable. Just think about the headlines from wherever you get your news. Are they filled with peace and hope? Very rarely. The headlines generally are about what's wrong with the world and society and are absent of the hope and peace we long to walk in. That is why the feel-good stories of social media are so grabbing And everyone wants to look and see what's happening with them. Because just for a moment, they create a temporary feeling of hope and peace that we're longing for. So why is peace so important to us? Why do we strive and long for peace? 
But why does peace seem so unattainable at times? The great and glorious news is that peace did come. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, in his life, death, and resurrection, made peace so that we can walk in hope and peace. Let's hear from God's word and pray. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among whom those with whom he is pleased. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Let's pray. Dear God and Father, we thank you for your grace. God, where peace seems so unattainable at times in our life, Help us to remember that you made peace for us, that peace is available through the blood of your Son. God, help us to live that out in our lives. Help us to live with the hope that comes from that, that we await an eternal glory because of the peace that you've given us. God, help your word to speak to each of our hearts. Help us to be changed for your good and your, for our good and your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter two, verses eleven through twenty-two. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we, have, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together 
and to a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We are able to walk in peace with God and each other only through the reconciliation achieved by the sacrificial death and atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Jesus provides us vertical peace with God and horizontal peace with each other. Jesus didn't just bring and give peace. He is peace. God took the initiative to bring us peace. This isn't simply some rest and relaxation. We were at war with the sovereign, holy God. We stood in opposition to God, shaking our fist at the King and Creator. Without Christ, we are all standing with our fist raised proudly in the air saying, It's my life. I want to be king. And so sin rages within us and there is no peace, only war and strife. The only terms for peace were and are death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. So Christ came to bring cosmic peace and crush sin. Matthew Henry writes God's goodwill in sending the Messiah introduced peace in this lower world, slew the enmity that sin had raised between God and man, and resettled the peaceable correspondence. In Jesus coming and becoming peace for us, He reopened correspondence with God. We no longer have to stand in opposition to God, but we can come before Him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on heaven, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, we are able to walk in peace with God only through the reconciliation achieved by the sacrificial death and atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. First, and most importantly, we and this world need peace with God in order to walk in peace. We are incapable of attaining this peace on our own. However, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has already provided a way. So there is hope. So we return to our passage to help us to understand what this peace with God provides. This passage clearly provides five statements showing us who we were without Christ, the Prince of Peace, and who we are in Christ through his peace and reconciliation. So before we go into the passage, I want to state who we were. We were separated. We were alienated. We were strangers. We were hopeless. We were godless. And verse number 11 says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember. 
Twice he tells us to remember or be reminded of our past, who we were without Christ, that you were at that time. Now we are going to see why without Christ the world has no peace. As I stated first, we were separated. We were isolated. We were detached, divided, disconnected, and segregated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We were estranged, cut off, divorced, disunited, made hostile to the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers. We were foreigners, outsiders, someone who is uncustomed to and unfamiliar with. We were not family to the covenants of promise. Having no hope, we were hopeless, despairing, dejected, despondent, demoralized, irreparable, impossible, futile, and without God. Why were we hopeless? Why were they hopeless? They were godless. They were without God. Oh, they would have claimed to have God. Many people in our society and culture claim to have God or many gods, even their own spirituality. But without the one true God, the Creator and King, we are godless and therefore hopeless and without peace in the world. But now, in verse number 13, but now in Christ Jesus. So we were these things. We were separated, alienated, strangers, hopeless, godless. But now in Christ Jesus, what a beautiful and magnificent phrase. We see it several times throughout the New Testament. But God, but it now in Christ Jesus. Just stop and think about your identity apart from Christ, who you were. But now in Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace, praise God. You who once were far off, so those of you who believe in Jesus and have come to the saving faith in Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. We literally have an introducer to the king. This nearness indicates family, familiarity. We have been brought near. We have been, as we studied in Hebrews, we have been given access to God. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, in his life, death, and resurrection, made peace for us to walk in, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This dividing wall was a wall in the temple that separated the Jew from the Gentile. Archaeologists have dug up signs, were translated. There were signs posted on this wall that ensured death to any Gentile who walked behind this wall to worship where the Jews were. 
Jesus made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall. He has abolished separation from God and has defeated death by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. He didn't just defeat death and separation. He opposes anything that opposes the message of the gospel. Only the gospel message of his life, death, and resurrection can and will make peace for us to walk in. That he might create in himself one new man. What is this new man? The church. We begin to see our identity in Christ through the lens of the glorious gospel. That he might make, create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace. There's no longer Jew and Gentile. There's only in Christ and out of Christ. That he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Who were we? We were separated, alienated, strangers, hopeless, godless. But Christ. Who are we in Christ? We are brought near. We belong. We are family. We have hope. We do not lose hope because we know that this, that there is an eternal glory that waits us because we are no longer godless, but we know God is our Father. So we no longer have to be far off, but we belong to the family of God, the church, and God is our Father. Once we know peace with God, we are... We are able to walk in peace with each other only through the reconciliation achieved by the sacrificial death and atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Christ united us as the church. We are the church, one new man, united in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gives us a unity that is beyond anything else on this earth. Our identity is in the family of Jesus Christ, our peace. The church should be the prime example of peace to the world. As we become more and more like him and take his message, the gospel of peace to the world around us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse number 14 says, For the love of Christ controls us. 
Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The church is united as one in Jesus Christ, and the church is united in Jesus Christ first to grow. We're going to end this last few section with some practical questions that I hope will give you application for this. The church is united in Christ to grow. Are we growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly? Are we growing in the gospel? Are we growing in our understanding of the gospel? Are we growing in our living out of the gospel? And are we growing in are challenging other people to grow and live in the gospel? Are we growing in community with each other, brothers and sisters of Christ? Do we value the church? Do we value community? Are we growing to become more like Him day by day? And are we encouraging each other in that growth? Sometimes it's difficult to see growth in your own life, but are you coming alongside people to help them bear their burdens when they struggle and help them see the growth that they're having in their life? The church is united in Christ to grow. The church is united in Christ to give. Are we giving of our time, energy, money, and talent to make Jesus famous? Are we willing to follow Christ's example in Philippians? Go back to that verse in Philippians 2, 6-8. through 8, Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. If we're living with peace and peace with God and peace with each other, are we willing to 
follow Christ's example and humble ourselves, die to ourselves for the betterment of the body. We're, we're, we're united with Christ to grow and to give, and we're also united in Christ to go. This message of peace should drive us to be missional. We were separated, alienated, strangers, hopeless, godless, but now in Christ Jesus, not anymore. God took the initiative to bring us peace. He tore down the wall. He made us family. He made the church. So we should walk in peace. The church should be the preeminent example of reconciliation and peace to a warring, peaceless, and dying world. Who do you know that is separated, alienated, stranger, hopeless, godless? I'm sure some name comes to mind. Each of us have people in our lives that we know that are apart from Christ. Are we living and sharing the gospel with those people? It's not enough just to live out the gospel. We need to share the gospel. But if we share the gospel, we need to be living it out. Brothers and sisters, we are able to walk in peace with God and each other only through the reconciliation achieved by the sacrificial death and atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. In Christ, we are no longer separated, alienated, stranger, hopeless, godless. We are brought near, we belong, we are made family, we have an eternal hope. We have God as our Father. We can walk in peace and hope. So the question has to be asked, are you at peace with God? Or do you find yourself separated, alienated, stranger, hopeless, godless? If you are at peace with God, are you taking his message of peace to the world around you? In his incarnation, Christ came that we could have and know hope, peace, joy, and love. And he has promised that he is coming again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse Number 16 states, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Walk in the peace that only Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, has made for us. Let's pray.